Dude, welcome to episode 23 of Digging Holes with Dusty Tunnel, and I am your beautiful host. I am I am getting more attractive every day. Um, I'm losing more weight, and now uh, it's not so much because of diet or exercise right now. It's, uh, it's You could probably hear it in my voice. It's because I'm sick and probably dehydrated. And I have no water in my body, and that makes me weigh less pounds, Um, less gravity uh, pulling me towards the earth. I don't think that's right. I don't know. That doesn't seem like that's right. But I am very sick. I'm getting over it. Um, I kind of spread myself a little thin. I, uh, I worked in San Diego on Monday, then drove up to Orange County and did a show till kind of late. Drove back to San Diego, got up early, um, went to work, drove back to Orange County and did another show till kind of late. Drove back to San Diego, got up kind of early, and now I sound like this, Um, which is fine because I'm not sleeping, but I'm doing the things that I want to be doing and that I love while I'm awake. So fuck it, right? We're, We're doing it. We're making it happen. Um... Let me go over some comedy dates with you guys real quick, um, mainly because I'm going to be in San Diego next week. On Wednesday, I'm doing uh, the Throne of Jokes competition. It's the second round, um, and that is in Claremont at the Comedy Palace on Wednesday at 8 p.m., and uh, that lineup is stacked. I probably won't make it to the third round because those people are all funnier than I am, but it'd be worth going just for the show. Right. And then maybe if you show up and you vote for me, I stand a chance. So go see me uh, next week, Wednesday, August 21st, 8 PM, San Diego, Claremont comedy palace. And then, uh, just for nobody in Seattle actually listens to this, but for, because it makes me feel cool and I'm bragging, um, September 6th, uh, club comedy, 8 PM and 10 30 PM in Seattle. Um, and yeah, that's going to be re- a really cool show, actually. I think I'm going to get a good tape out of that. Um, and then after that, September 10th, uh, Good Bar, uh, which is our friend Patrick McCoy's show, who has been on this podcast and was really funny, and it's an awesome show. Uh, September 10th, Good Bar, 8.30 p.m., and that's in San Diego as well. So you guys come check me out at one of those. Um, I actually have more dates than that, but I'm not going to go over them right now because nobody cares to hear that much about me. I mean, I'm doing really, I'm doing way great. I know that I uh, have talked uh, in past podcasts about feeling down and stuff, but not right now, dude. Things are rolling. Things are good. Um, just feeling a little under the weather, and I sound like I have a frog humping my tonsils. So. Um, hopefully that get, that's, uh, gone before, uh, I do my show next week, but I guess we'll see. Anyway, why do I talk about myself so much? It's so stupid. Nobody cares. No one cares, Dusty. Uh, this episode is with an awesome, awesome, very interesting guy. Uh, his name is Mikey Gordon. He is both a stand-up comedian and a professional wrestler, like the type of wrestling where you hit somebody over the back with a folded chair kind of wrestling and uh, his wrestling name is Dirty Ronald McDonald. And um, he wrestles through a company called Fist Combat. Fist. Fist Combat. Enunciate, Dusty. Fist Combat. Uh, Dirty Ronnie, Ronald McDonald. Um, and uh, his character lives up to the name from uh, what you'll, you'll gather through this, uh, listening to this episode of the podcast. He's, um, and he's a very funny... Uh, comedian too says a lot of uh inappropriate and horrible shit and uh it's right up my alley i love it um and he's he's an aggressive person um uh not in a bad way just speaks aggressively and he's big and intimidating and um yeah he's he's uh the perfect personality to be an entertainer and um and that's what he's doing with his life um and it's what he wants to be doing with his life and it's what he should be doing with his life so um, be very excited about this podcast because it's it's really interesting. He talks a lot about uh, growing up uh, with uh, wrestling. His mom was a professional wrestler. Um, and uh, he talks a lot about um, 
you know, being a promoter and booking gigs, both, uh, you know, booking like wrestling and booking comedy. There's a lot of really just awesome uh, information in this podcast, and I really enjoyed listening to it back and editing it. So um, I think you're going to like it, too. Uh, so without further ado, this is Mikey Gordon and also uh, Dirty Ronald McDonald. Dude, uh, yeah, I think so. Well, I, I think a lot of comedy is just like, um, uh, you still hear me all right? Oh, we're, yeah. we're good. I didn't touch anything. I don't even know why it, I asked it's that. It's coming in good. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks good here. I don't know. Did you do like a countdown or did we just start? No, we just started. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just hit record. Honestly, I hit it uh, before you started rolling your uh, your blunt there. I uh, hit record er- and then you set the thing down and I stopped it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah, yeah, I try I try and catch it like in the middle of a conversation just to, like we were talking about like. It's uh, like a dream. It's yeah. Like a dream. You yeah. Know, do you ever remember start? I never remember starting a dream. Uh oh, starting a dream. That's a like good question. To, you just always yeah. start in the middle of something. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? that's know what I'm weird. Saying? Yeah, I never thought about that. It, it, you know, have you ever been like? I never know when I'm going to sleep. Like, like, like when I finally like, oh shit, I'm yeah. asleep. Yeah, you ever have like the like really lucid dream where like you think that you're still falling asleep, but you're actually dreaming? Yes. Yeah. Yes and no. Um. A lot of time, if I get really good dreams, um, it'll just it'll feel real. Yeah, like you know what the one I get, I I don't ever really get nightmares. I'm in a pretty good place in my life, uh, mentally and, and physically, but um, like, Mo- mostly physically. Mostly but, physically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, what was I just talking about? Dreams, right? Oh yeah, you don't get nightmares. Oh, no, no, oh and it's then the, it's yeah. my hair. It, I'll lose my hair. Like oh I'll shit, lose my hair. Like I'll either yeah. like lose a bet and I'll shave it. Oh. Or like you know, or I'll decide to shave it. You know, I'll be like, yeah, fuck it, I don't need my hair anymore. I wonder and what I that means. Like, well, I, I have no idea, but like it's it happens like once every three months. Wow. Um, and I really feel like that my hair is the what has taken me from being one level to like a next level. Yeah. Not only does it set me apart, yeah. in the way that I look, um, you also get. Uh, it's like it's like seeing a black guy and you're like, oh, he probably has a big dick. You know, it's like when you look at me with the hair, I feel like you're like, oh. This guy is a character. Yeah. You know and so, so you get some you get some points. Yeah. Right away. That yeah that with the combination of the of the mustache the handlebar mustache. I wear the fanny pack. Oh uh, yeah. Wearing wearing a bandana mostly because I got a lot of barbed wire scars on my fucking head from wrestling <laughs> crazy hardcore crazy, matches. Crazy dude. That's fucking nuts. But, How know, many like, people I, can say that they have barbed wire scars on their forehead? Uh, I, I mean, besides I, Jesus, you know. Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he probably had one, you know, that <laughs> the thorn thorns, crowns, <laughs> crown of thorns, whatever I just said. Dude, you're a lot like uh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm a fucking, uh, I'm not married. I hang out with a bunch of whores. Uh, and, uh, nah. <laughs> Jesus was kicking it. Man. Yeah, dude, he was he was crushing it. Jesus he was, was kicking it. He was definitely getting getting it on the side and uh, not telling anybody. Nobody nobody knew what, what was up with Jesus for real. Like, they yeah. weren't hanging out with him 24-7. No. You know, I'm like, well, how many what are, politicians and famous people, you're like, oh, these people aren't pieces of shit. They don't do piece of shit things. They just act like they're super dope. Yeah. You know, those guys that are like super anti, you know, homosexuals. The oh, they're all the gayest all people. Dicks yeah. The, you know, on, the, yeah. on the back, on the back side. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. What Jesus did Jesus do? Like partying. Yeah. So he was born and then like, and then he was, well, he started doing work when he was 30. Right. Is that how the story goes? Uh, I don't think they started catching up with him until he was about 30. Yeah. So what was he doing in those years? Like that aren't. Fuck, yeah. dude, he was fucking up. Yeah. He was trying out all his magic tricks. He yeah. Routine. Yeah. He was doing open mics. Yeah, dude. You know, he was like trying to turn water into wine, but it was yeah. turning into like soda and shit. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know. I'm going to work this thing out. I got to take this motherfucker to parties and shit. Yeah. So yeah, he was just working out his material. I, I think nobody uh, talks about fucking the, when they open mic. Really. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Jesus that we know became the Jesus that we know when he tried DMT for the first time, and then he just w- he was like enlightened, and he was like, "Hey, dude, we're we're all just 
the more and more I listen to Joe Rogan shit, the more and more I think, you know, like, if we really did evolve from monkeys, it was just monkeys taking a bunch of fucking mushrooms. Now. Yeah. Oh, shit. Isn't that, uh, there? that's, a, like, an actual theory, right? Like, a scientific theory? That, it's uh, not, it is now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, I think one of those guy, hallucinogen guys that he, he had on the podcast, like, actually has, um... Like written papers and shit about where he thinks that uh yeah it was monkeys I mean, think taking about mushrooms it. think yeah. about it like or eating much mushrooms more enlightened I don't, do you eat mushrooms uh no I haven't but that that's the thing I want to try though uh, I love eating mushrooms yeah. uh, when I first was buying mushrooms I would just buy them in like an eighth you know an eighth of an ounce or whatever mm-hmm. and then I would just take that whole thing bad idea now as I've gotten older I'm like oh shit you know I'm just gonna like take half that you yeah know? so like when when you eat a little bit of these mushrooms you know you start getting all these ideas you start becoming more empathetic mm-hmm. you know all, all this shit that that sometimes i wish i had in my in my daily life mm-hmm. and other times i'm like yeah i'm glad i'm, I'm the way i am yeah um but yeah you know when you when you think about it like that you're like man if something was going to jump up a conscious level it'd be through psychedelics it'd, yeah it'd, it'd be through all these things that, that, that everybody's like everybody you know the people that are in charge uh, yo don't take these things don't take these things why they want us to take these things like oh you're depressed all right well uh, just eat these pills like instead of going hey you know what you're depressed why don't you fucking eat a good diet and uh exercise you know, dude you fucking lazy piece of shit yeah oh dude that was like that was me because uh i've you know i and i think like every comic or not every comic but like it's a big thing in the comedy world where like you know we've uh, a lot of us have been in really low places for like as far as emotional like just mental health stuff i think everybody does yeah know, of yeah of course but uh that's like the the most the most mentally healthy i've felt in a long time it's just been over the last year and it's uh dude it's all just exercise and diet it's, it's like that you know that's what it is i you know i i talk to a lot of my close friends and, and family members and stuff that you know ask me about why i decided to take the leap that i did and you know quit working regular jobs and pretty much be a full-time <laughs> entertainer now um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's all just slowly building that confidence through taking a chance on something and then being right. And then you build that confidence of, Hey, I made the right decision on my own. I wasn't told what to do. I wasn't guided what to do. I made that decision on myself. And then you're like, Oh shit. Well, I have the choice to make any choice that I want. I can choose. You can, you can choose to look at the yang or you can use it to choose to look at the yang. Yeah. You can look at the positive or you can look at the negative. But because there is one of those, there's both of those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you just got to got to figure what you got to focus on. So, yeah, you know, eating right, exercising, dude, it's it's next level shit. Like, yeah. hundred percent. That that is all the pills that you need. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think. um Yeah. I, like. Yeah, I think a diet is I, I everybody knows that you feel better when you exercise. I think we've known that for a long time. Without a doubt. But I, I think, like, the diet thing is, like, you know, like, sugars and stuff like that. Like, we're really starting to find out that those really fuck you up. Like, well, I, you know, uh, an abundance mm-hmm. of anything, uh, of course, is going to fuck you up. I don't think people drink enough water. Oh, there's yeah. one thing that, you know, like, uh, like man, fucking a few years ago when I really started taking, um, working out seriously, like, you know, six, seven years ago when I, I really stepped up my game. I was drinking like two gallons of water a day. You know, oh, you're, shit, just, yeah. you're flushing your body out of any toxins and all that bullshit. Like, I'm not a scientist by any means, but makes you know, sense. Like, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, like just drinking water, just drinking water. Like, if you really think about it, you're like, oh man, you know, you heard when you were a kid, like drink eight glasses of water a day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, eight eight ounces of, of water, sixty four ounces of water. Yeah. And how many days do you go without drinking water at all? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, and I, you know, I don't know about you. You look, you look decently healthy. Um, you know, some of these cats are just like you. Just like look at them; their skin's all fucked up. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, hey, man, You're walking around when's with the a big old time that you drank a glass of water, right? <laughs> one glass of water, let yeah. alone eight glasses in one day. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, dude. People just don't do that shit. You know, yeah. you don't think about it. I'm gonna get a Red Bull here. I'll get a coffee here. Yeah, that yeah, shit's got water in it, but like, yeah. oh, that counts towards my eight. No, man, drink nah. eight fucking glasses of water. Yeah, dude, that shit's getting pissed out immediately. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's. That's not that doesn't count. You got that rancid yellow piss. Yeah. Uh, gross. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like after brown, you brown piss. Yeah. After you have like a week of like binge drinking and cocaine and it's just like dark brown and you're like, whoa, whoa. Why are you snitching on me, dog? No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm uh, 
I'm drinking a shit ton of water, but I pee like probably 12 times a day too. I pee a lot. Yeah. I pee a lot. I don't know if it's normal. I'm afraid to tell people that because I don't want them putting their fingers well, in my butt. Well, now you just told everybody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's uh, a doctor chasing, ar- chasing me around trying to put fingers in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? Are you of age? Yeah. They do that after 40. How, yeah, uh, told. How, how long have you been doing comedy? My first I just asked you like before the podcast, and I already forgot. No, I don't think I answered. Oh, you. okay. Um, I started in St. Louis in the summer of 2010. Oh, okay. After a huge breakup. Oh, I was like, fuck all this shit. Yeah, that's crazy. cool. I mean, that's a uh, kind of what how like what led to me starting in a way too. I I went through a bad breakup, but it was like a it was like a year or two later. I was still just like in a shitty place though. Yeah. And I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to try it. Like, I always liked comedy, but I never thought I would do it. And then one day I just had the idea, like, fuck it. I'm going to go try this. Well, I was I was on an internet radio show called Party Animal Radio, which covered nightlife in St. Louis. Um, I was, like, the head um, of promotions for a couple of different, like, big nightclubs in St. Louis. So I ran, I ran a, a weekly show, and then we had an after party. Anyway, um, so, like, I, you know, I was there. I, you know, I was, like, fucking trying to be a hot shot whatever the fuck and i was like hey you know me and my buddy uh we just wrote some stupid songs mm-hmm. i was like you know we should go do these at like some comedy open mic you know it'd be, <laughs> yeah. it'd be funny so we called ourselves the beach bone alcoholics and uh we showed up to the funny bone in in uh, westport westport st louis and uh we showed up in uh, flip-flops uh, sunglasses and board shorts, you know, because we were the beach bum alcoholics. Yeah. You know, there's no beaches in St. Louis, but that's how drunk we were. That's the story. Anyway, <laughs> so I go there the first week, and, you know, we didn't get on the list. You know, I go the second week, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get you on. And then, like, I looked at the list the second time. I was like, what the fuck, dude? And they're like, oh, uh, you can't wear sandals or shorts or sunglasses. Uh... Uh, we wore all three of those. So uh, the third week, we came back dressed like proper assholes. And Doug Benson was doing a pop-up show, so there was no open mic. I was like, fuck this. I was like, this is three weeks. We've driven half an hour to get up here. We're not doing it. I was like, let's go to that bar that I run shows at, and let's just fucking start playing, you know? Yeah. So we, we, we went there. You know, there's like 10 people there. And then we started an open mic. So, like, I, I, every week I was hosting the open mic, writing these stupid songs with me and my buddy, and we fucking performed them. Um, and, uh, and then I started telling jokes, you know? Dude. So... That's how that started. That band, the Beats from Alcoholics, we ended up opening up for Afro Man a bunch, and then I became his tour manager for like three years, and we toured around the country as his opening act. Oh, Beats shit, that's Alcoholics. dope. Uh, wow. And I, from our last tour five years ago, that tub that's right behind you right there, uh-huh. under, under the blankets, that's, oh, still, yeah, yeah. that's still all my T-shirts and koozie cups from that tour uh, <laughs> because we quit fucking doing shows after that. <laughs> I, just went, I would just straight stand up five that, years ago. That's fucking rad, though. That's... That's a good story. That's that's my first. Uh, that's how that's how I started in comedy. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've been I've been a pro wrestling fan my whole life. My mom was a pro wrestler. Um, you know, oh, really? I've been a fan. Yeah. You know, she no, nobody paid me nothing like that. But that's still um, cool, though. I mean, that's like that was probably an interesting childhood because of it. Um. No, we. She wasn't like a full time. You know, she was a wrestler before I was born. Oh, okay. Uh, but we always had the pay-per-views at our house. We had, you know, people over. We always had pay-per-view uh, okay. parties. So, it, like, made you into a big fan then, huh? Oh, dude, without yeah. a doubt. You know, yeah. like, I was putting on little plastic bags from the supermarket and ripping them like Hulk Hogan. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> That's dope. They could do a pretty good macho man, Randy Savage, and Preston. Ooh, yeah! Uh, <laughs> uh, that comes spot from on. 36 years of being a wrestling fan. So, yeah. uh, as I started in wrestling, you know, now I'm a promoter and I run a bunch of shows and shit like that. Um, but I, I just wanted to find another way to possibly um, supplement my income mm-hmm. um, and then not have to have a real job. So Yeah, and you're I've fucking been, doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing yeah. it. That's dope. I'm doing it. What is the, uh, like, what is the wrestling scene like in San Diego? Is it, are, there people, are people pretty enthusiastic here? Um, they are. And yeah. um, I, here's where I'm going to suck my own dick a little bit. Is yeah. Um, I've been running. Not all shows. of us can do that, so that's. <laughs> <laughs> I've been running shows for uh, twelve years. My first show that I promoted was in January two thousand seven. My first match was in September two thousand one. And what I've always known is that in order to sustain any sort of entertainment, you're always going to get your people that like what you do, mm-hmm. right? Um, in wrestling, anyway. You yeah. Know, like, if you just put on wrestling, wrestling fans will come to wrestling shows. Um, but I've always tried to get 
I hate wrestling fans, to tell you the truth. They're fucking pretentious assholes that are fucking, ooh. They're just like people that come to comedy shows. You know those people that are, ooh, make me laugh, funny man. I don't oh, yeah, In- entertain me. Instead of trying to be like a part of it, like right, a part of the right. experience. So yeah, when yeah. I, who I cater my shows to are people that aren't wrestling fans or I believe everybody at one point was a little bit of a wrestling fan. They had some exposure to Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, oh, yeah. Andrew the Giant. Um, you know, depending yeah. on Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, yeah, yeah. Steve Austin, The Rock, yeah, I mean, motherfuckers in movies now, yeah. John Cena. I mean, you can go down the list of, of the different top wrestlers of generations. And somebody knew something about it. They mm-hmm. dug what they did. You know, yeah. like who doesn't like some motherfucker coming out cracking beers and flipping off his boss and kicking him and you know give him a Stone Cold Stunner. You know, like, yeah, that yeah. shit's dope. Yeah. So I create wrestling shows for non wrestling fans. And the pe- to give you a long winded answer is that the people that come to my shows. More than half the people that come to my shows are either not wrestling fans at all or the only wrestling that they watch is my shit. Oh. Because I've always been conscious of you got to have new fans. Yeah. You got to always bring new fans. You got to always make new people fans. My shows are 21 and up. We encourage on the posters to get drunk and heckle the wrestlers. It's, <laughs> it's something you can't do in any other form of entertainment. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I do a little bit of fucking acting and stunt work and shit like that, you know, so I go on auditions. And I truly believe that when I'm in there with people, actors and shit, I'm like, look at these actors. They do, they have multiple takes. They do it to, they, they're performing to the camera, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they're doing whatever uh, genre they're doing. They're either doing comedy or drama or, you know, horror, whatever the fuck, right? So I'm like, I'm a wrestler. I do all my shit in one take. <laughs> I'm sweaty as fuck. I have an audience 360 degrees around me. I'm doing comedy, action, drama, stunts, improv, all on the fly. And check this out. I'm in my fucking underwear. So <laughs> the skills that I've gotten from wrestling, like just put, I feel like have, have built me to be the entertainer of who I am. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And to, to you know, long winded answer, answer your question about, you know, the fans, are they enthusiastic? The people at my shows, they're a part of the fucking show. Yeah. They are the show. Yeah. They, they, the, and, and I'm going to give you free tickets. Like, come to the show anytime you Hell want. Hell yeah, dude. Um, is that these shows are fucking bam, hits you in the dick. You fucking loud and, and you know, fucking rowdy. And then uh, two and a half hours, it's done. You know, you get yeah. a little bit of intermission in the middle. Go get some more drinks or whatever the fuck. You got wait. We got waitresses and shit. But, dude, we, we put on characters. Yeah. You know, my, my character, Dirty Ron McDonald. Yeah. Is literally a coked up clown. <laughs> you know, you know about wrestling, right? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, so a, little, bad, a little bit. Yeah. Bad guys throw like baby powder in their opponent's face. And yeah, cheat. yeah. Well, when I do it, it's cocaine. <laughs> and then, and then I bend my opponent over my knee and do a big fat line off his back. <laughs> That's just some of my shit. <laughs> uh, there's another awesome. move called the ventriloquist, where I sit him on my la- sit him on my knee, and then I shove my hand up their ass. And take a microphone and do a ventriloquist. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like, I put on a fucking show. And the, the thing that I enjoy the most is, like, I'm people like my character and shit, but yeah. I like seeing, we're doing shows every two weeks. So, like, I like seeing those regular fans come in. They, they come to every show. You know, they love the story. Yeah. You know? And there's, there's a bunch of those guys. But each show is also standalone. You get a little bit of different shit in every every show. Yeah, you get a, a little fast paced shit, a little hardcore shit, a little little brawl around the building shit. You know, and uh, it's a fucking show, man. Yeah, it's that's cool. Do you um do you spend a lot of time writing for these shows, or are you guys kind of like winging it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of time writing for them. Uh, here is I um this is oh. booking for the next three shows. There's the seating thing. I have like fucking six sheets like this. Oh, okay. For like the next few shows of who's available, who you know, who we're gonna push, who the audience is is it really into, you know? Because mm-hmm. we're doing at the end of 2019, I will have done over 30 live shows, produced wow. 30 oh. live shows, um, which is a lot. Yeah. You know? um, it's you know, more than you're, two a month. Yeah, you're yeah you're closing on three a month almost. Yeah. So yes, yeah. close. Yeah. You know whatever. But um, to be able to keep it fresh, to keep new people in, to keep people exciting, like a, a lot of our guys, such as myself, I'm on every show, you know, so I got to I got to keep it fresh. You know, yeah. I, I can't get stale, <laughs> um, but 
that's the biggest challenge that I face. Plus, we put out content. We put out videos that are fucking of the highest quality edited. You know, some of it looks better than, than the big dogs, you know, the yeah. WWE stuff. And, and for real, our, our people are more passionate than those people, you know, the people that go to those shows, you know. We know who we're putting it on for. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start streaming to the world here uh, in September. Oh, shit. We're really excited about that. And we've slowly built it. You know, there have been shows where my girlfriend and I had to, like, pawn a guitar or fucking surfboard to go pay the wrestlers, you know, because we lo- lose money. On yeah. This shit. yeah. For, forever we're losing money. Yeah. Uh, now we've got it to the point to where um, we are killing it. Dude, that's fucking <laughs> so dope. Yeah, you know, I sell a ton of T-shirts. Yeah, that's cool, dude. That's a that's a really good story. It's like a feel good story. Like, we we built it up. We built, you know, like we we took all the chances. We got our dick knocked in the dirt so hard. But I've always been of of the mindset of, hey man, if you don't like me, that's fine. Uh, but fuck you and just fucking shut up and stay out of my way. Yeah, you know, and, and wrestling, sometimes you get assholes that you know that want to talk shit or fucking you know try to look at you and like with a bunch of skeletons in their closet be pointing fingers at you. It's like, dude, like, fucking, he's without sin, fucking throws the first body slam. <laughs> and yeah. we, we all fuck up. But the, the the best thing to do is to learn from that. You know? Yeah. To, to round it all up, writing for the wrestling shows is learning from the audience. Mm-hmm. Rarely do we have something go out there and it just doesn't get over. Yeah. You know? My girlfriend and I write characters. Couple of the wrestlers helped me with some of the storylines. Yeah, does is she does she wrestle or anything? She's training to wrestle. Oh, that's she's had cool. about fifteen matches. Oh, cool. She's also a comic. She's right here. In, oh, right cool. Right now. Oh, if I would have brought another mic. No, it's around. all good. Hey, she's all, she's always yapping. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was class. Okay. <laughs> class sucked. Class. I sucked. don't know if the the audience heard that answer, but oh no, it's all good. Yeah. Um. Fucking awesome. So do you think that, uh, do you, well, I mean, obviously the writing from wrestling has to translate to writing for comedy, huh? I actually, I, I have a totally different outlook on comedy. Oh, you do? Um, I, I feel like there's two different kinds of comics. There's writers and then there's performers. Yeah. And, um, I do, do you know Theo Vaughn at all? Do you listen to him? Yes. He says that all the time. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of my guy. favorites. He's, yeah. He, there's joke writers and there's performers and you know, like you can really see it. And the, some of the joke writers are more the, kind of the dickier people, I think, <laughs> comedy, you know, cause they're like, Oh, you guys just don't understand this joke. You guys don't understand me or whatever. Yeah. And for people that go out and perform or just go on there and fucking just having a good old time. Yeah. Yeah. This is myself. Um, you know, yeah, you're definitely very like animated and stuff. Yeah, like I have there's... to be because I ain't got jokes, you know. <laughs> no, you do. You have you have good. You're, you're uh, the Thailand girl jokes are uh, some of my favorites, actually. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, I feel like if I were to describe myself, I would say I'm probably more of a joke writer because I don't. I'm very like uh, this is how I perform. Right. But I've tried to be like. Um, like the performer, you know, like when I first started doing comedy, I felt like I was, uh, it's not like I was really animated, but it felt like I was delivering the jokes the way I thought a comedian was supposed to deliver jokes. Like, <laughs> right. But then when I started doing it like this, like, ta- like doing jokes, like just the way I talk, they started hitting a lot harder. So it's just how I, it's just dry comedy. But I do know what you mean about joke writers and performers though. Cause it's just, um, yeah, some people are just like, they're, it's like their jokes are almost too structured or something. Like there's yeah. there's joke structure, but there's like you can like overdo it where it just doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel like absolutely. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, the the uh, like I write my dick off for wrestling. Yeah. Um, I watch a ton of old footage and different promotions to get different ideas on how to build different storylines and stuff. But with comedy, it's more like I come up with an idea. Yeah. And then I I write a couple like points for it. Um, but I'm never somebody that's like going back and like scratching shit out and fucking, you know, rewriting it. Like I just, I'll write it one way and I'll put some points in there and then I'll get to those points. And I don't know, like you build, you build for different things. Yeah. Um, so like I recorded a 45 minute thing in the brick room, uh, at the end of February. Um, the jokes that I've been basically doing for the last five years. Okay. And, um, at now I pretty much ditched all those jokes. You know, like the, the the little CD came out, and I'm about to put out the video of it. 
Uh, it was it was really good. You know, like, it was it was it wasn't like the greatest not, uh, groundbreaking comedy, but it was good. Yeah. Um, and I feel like after I did that, I was able to be like, all right, fucking, I'm starting clean. I, I have I have new shit that I've been working out, and so like, you know, like, it's hard to get longer than ten minute sets on the reg out here. Oh yeah, for being sure. Where, where I'm, you know, like I ain't nobody. You know, yeah. like even people that that are somebody out here, like there's only what like the top five percent of guys that are getting longer than ten minutes, like a few times a week. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, I mean, now, it's hard for a lot of us to even just get booked, you know, uh, straight up. I mean, yeah. I, I, and I, I don't mean to, that, the way to do that is just to book your own show. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I didn't mean to, for that to sound like negative because I think that, um, it's, I mean, there's a million spots. Yeah. It's just, um, what makes, what makes anybody stand out at all? Right. I mean, that's why I do the bandana, the long hair, the handlebar mustache, the fucking fanny pack. Oh, yeah. The, you know, like, yeah. People um, know who you are for sure. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. like. You know, like what what does anybody do to stand out? Like, yeah. how many people? With how many how many how long you been doing comedy? Uh, I did my first open mic like five years ago. Yeah, but um, how, how long have you been getting on like five to ten times a week? Uh, that like this past year. Yeah, yeah. I that mine was about yeah. five years ago where uh, I've been on stage probably eight to fifteen times a week, almost every week. Okay. Um, for about five a little over, a little over five years. No, uh, so like yeah, June of twenty fourteen. So like yeah, five years. Um. But it's not until you start doing that that you can even, like, be remembered by people. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're definitely, like, a funnier... You're a funnier Billy Orm lookalike. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, like, I love Billy, right? But yeah. People, people love to be giving him shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, white know, so, so white like, guy with the glasses. Yeah. So so like like looking like that does help you stand out, but like you know like what what makes anybody stand out? Yeah. Like how many people are getting booked be- just because they're funny? Right. And how long did it take them to get there? Yeah. And how, and when when you think oh this person's booked, how much are they really booked? Right. 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 I every two months I have a list of comedy bookers. That I'm like yo what's up? You know like yeah. A lot of comics I talk to just wait to get booked. You know, yeah. they're not proactive in jumping out there and getting booked. Yeah. And when you are, that's what, that's me. I mean, that's my, that's my big, that's my big problem. Uh, and I've said it several times on this podcast too. It's just, I'm like this, um, I'm sort of introverted and really shy until I get a microphone in front of my face. And then, uh, and then I, I like, I'm able to talk to people more. And that's actually a big reason why I started doing this podcast is just, um, cause it's forcing me to talk to comics and, uh, like get to know people. And then, like I'm feeling more comfortable talking to people and asking them to put me on shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, and if, and it's grow, it's growing too. So like, I feel like if it grows, if the podcast grows into something, then I'm, I also feel like I'm contributing to the comedy scene and, and then like, and then it makes me feel better about asking to be on shows. Cause it's like, Oh, well I'm contributing. So yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I did with booking shows. Yeah. I I was booking shows long before I was funny. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, when you're only getting three to five minutes and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, you're mostly going up to audiences that are other comics just waiting for their turn. Mm-hmm. You know, like how many times dude, like I, I'd only get to be in, you know, my first year of that five years that I'm talking about, I was only getting up in front of real audiences, like two, three, maybe four times a month. Oh yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I got, mm-hmm. I got an audience. Mm-hmm. You know, all of it was fucking open mics, yeah. you know, or you're doing it in a bar where nobody's paying attention to you. Yeah. You got to like rope motherfuckers in. Yeah. You, you don't get a real judge of what's funny and what's not. And yeah. Until, it's you know, hard. Until, yeah. It, until you're in front of good audiences that are there to see comedy, you don't really get to test out where your jokes are funny. You know? Yeah. That's why you got it. That's why a lot of people click up in the comedy scene and they just suck each other's dicks. <laughs> like, oh, that was funny. You know, like Where's that going to get you? Like, they yeah. ain't going to get you nowhere. That's just yeah. a false sense of security. Yeah. You're like, oh, look, well, this person thinks I'm funny. I am funny. Well, well just get out there and get booked. You know, mm-hmm. like fucking promote your ass off. Put on a fucking show. Yeah. You know, to like 30 people that want to come see a fucking show. And, uh, you know, book some good comics and host that motherfucker. Yeah. You know, yeah. Go out I, there, work your shitty five minutes. Not you, it is anybody. You no, know? I work, get it. Work yeah. shitty five minutes and fucking book some real comics that you can see in front of real audiences, you know, cause unless you go to comedy shows, uh, like real comedy shows, ones you're not going to get on, mm-hmm. you don't get to see real comics doing real comedy. Oh yeah, dude. It's so humbling. Yeah. I, yeah. I do that just specifically to like 
like see it live yeah yeah and just specials that's yeah well and then yeah no live comedy is different though and i i like to um i like to know how shitty i actually am too so like get getting in front of like a somebody like like a legit like bill burr or something like just just somebody who's gonna murder yeah it's like oh dude i'm just a fucking turd you know um but it like but it's motivating like it's yeah without a doubt yeah that's uh yeah i think that's true um yeah i'd like to i i keep saying it over and over and i think i think i'm gonna try and get a show going over where i live which is like the college area Mm -hmm. um and i'd really like to like invest some money and get like big headliners um not uh, like gonna, not you're huge dump a bunch of money in there uh yeah you know, just, just book these guys around here they fucking do this shit you know like well that's what i want to do Downs's, you know yeah like the b johns and the jesse egan's and shit like that yeah well i i want to get them on it but like i think once a month like i just want to get like a like a good headliner from like la or whatever and then Here's just the think just no, to draw a crowd heard of anybody oh that's right? yeah, you know, that's nobody's heard of anybody yeah. like you know i find that a lot in wrestling where I'm like, I'm a fan of somebody, but nobody's fucking paying to come out and see that guy here in San Diego. Oh, uh, that's know, true. Like, They're going to come out, yeah, pay to uh, come to a good show that they've already experienced, right? You, like, well, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, I'm a, uh, you know, like, I'm a fan of fucking, you know, so-and-so independent wrestler because he's dope. Mm-hmm. But that guy's going to want, he's got to get a flight out here, and I got to pay him way more than I'm paying my regular local guys. Yeah. But for what? Because the audience... They don't know what the fuck. He, I could put on that guy, or I could put on a guy that costs ten percent of what that guy costs, <laughs> yeah. and they're gonna put on the same fucking show, and the audience is gonna love it the same, and they're not gonna know the difference. That's true. You there know? are some murderers in San Diego too. There, and yeah. there's some absolute murderers. There's yeah. some absolute fucking murderers. Josh yeah. Nelson books fucking murderers. Yeah. You know, like usually the head, like always, the headliner at Madhouse every night of the week is a fucking murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, and these guys are. Con- I don't want to be blasting out how much money they're making, but. You could put on a show for a very reasonable rate, you know? <laughs> very reasonable rate, you know. Yeah, like my show here at the Harp, uh, you know, on Wednesdays. Like I give, I give my headliner who I expect to do fifteen to twenty minutes. I give, I pay him a little bit, but everybody else gets a little tip, tip split of the tip jar that I put mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, you learn things there too, you know, because it, just because you might think somebody's really funny and worth a few hundred dollars. Doesn't mean anybody else. Like, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just telling you. Yeah, yeah, no, I made I, that mistake I, with wrestling. Like, yeah. See this poster up here that we got with some barbed wire. I yeah. did a barbed wire match that night, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna which, say which over, scar is that. Um, that's the big, the big. That's chunk. the big one. Where's the big chunk? It's over here. Yeah, there's a big yeah, chunk right there. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I cracked a beer. I, first of all, I had a scar already. It was like kind of fresh, and I cracked a beer in my head, and a fucking chunk of my head came out. It was disgusting. <laughs> but so this show right here, um, the guy in the middle, he's really fucking famous, you know. And I paid him an, an astronomical amount of money to come out here. I lost almost a thousand dollars on that show. Oh shit! No, no, I think that guy is fucking the shit. I love him, you know. Mm-hmm. But nobody gave a shit, you know. This guy's fucking. Po- he was on WWE, you know, a yeah. lot. So, you know, like, just because I liked them doesn't yeah. mean fucking the audience did. Yeah. Well, that's care. a good point. I mean, that's another reason that I do this podcast is to have these discussions. You learn. So figure it out. Dude, yeah. you learn. Yeah. Hey, um, plug your stuff real quick. Uh, I've been trying to do it in oh, the middle. Oh, she's right over there. Uh, oh, wait, uh, wait, uh, yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah, we'll get it, we'll get it plug, recorded. Plug yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to do it in the middle instead of the end just in case people, like, turn off before the plugs get in. You know no, what I mean? No. Yeah. Um, Dirty Ron McDonald on all social media at Fist Combat TV is an independent wrestling promotion I run. It's F I S T C O M B A T TV. Fist Combat TV. Cool. It's the shit. Um, is that what your uh, the wrestling's gonna be broadcast on, uh, or is that a different thing? That it's gonna it's gonna be on the Mixer app, which is Microsoft's version of Twitch. Oh, okay. Um, all that information can come out, but we're all yeah. we're on YouTube. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that shit at Fist Combat TV. That's where you can find information about the live shows. You see our videos. Um, I do all the commentary and shit like under a mask, and it's a good old time. Cool. It's, it's for people twenty one and up. You know, it's for the big kids. Yeah, yeah. What's um? Uh, let's see. Three weeks from now, you got any dates for comedy uh, or? I know. Yeah, yeah. Because I got oh, a couple in the can. Loaded? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Our biggest show of the summer is August 22nd. Okay. Um, that's our summer slum show. We basically book our whole wrestling show into three sections through the year. 
January through the end of April, May through the end of August, and September through the end of December. Dope. Um, so this is like the big blow off for the summer. Dope. All the angles we've been building for the summer. They all come to a head at Tilton Joe's in the gas lamp on Thursday, August the 22nd. <laughs> That's such a good fucking wrestling Come voice. down and get fisted. <laughs> I mean, I've had 36 years of practice as wrestling voice, and, so, and, and about 1,000 matches. Uh, so I better be good at this shit. I mean, if not, I should have quit a long time ago. <laughs> you ever, uh, so you have like, you encourage heckling and stuff uh, with your wrestling audience. Uh, you ever had any issues with like uh, audience trying to get too involved or anything Not on like my that? shows. No? No, because everybody's pretty, they, they know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like I sell a ton of tickets because I hit up people individually. Like I have, you know, I got the grand list of everybody that's ever bought a ticket, you know. Mm. I keep in contact with them. So the people that are generally at our shows, I have some form of connection with. Uh, you know, okay. I, I speak with them on a, you know, on a semi-regular basis. So we're not getting like dumb, drunk assholes you know, at the show. We don't have guardrail that protects the, the fans from the, from the ring. Um, it's a show. It's a theater. Um, but, but boy, let me tell you, if somebody makes that fucking bad decision one day, you know, like like sometimes I go to a venue and I'll pitch them the show and they're like, w what about security? And I go, uh, I've got 20 jacked up wrestlers <laughs> fucking foaming at the mouth for this shit. Okay? <laughs> All right? Like, I don't know about you. Right. You know, but like, holy shit, wrestlers are just waiting for it. <laughs> it's like, what are you fucking out of your mind? First of all, you got to get in the ring. Good luck. Getting in the ring before I know what the fuck's going on. If I don't, the guy I'm wrestling is in. If we're in a tag match, there's four other guys in the ring besides me, counting the referee. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck trying to do something. You know, yeah. like, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know? Like, right, right. What are you going to do? <laughs> You're going to jump in the ring and try to fucking do something. I mean, like, some of the funniest videos, like, I follow this thing on Instagram. It's called WrestleBotch. And some of the funniest videos they do is on Wednesdays, Wasted Fan Wednesdays. And uh, these guys like to try to fucking jump in the ring or some shit or take a swipe at a fucking wrestler. And, dude, it's like you get destroyed. Yeah. You get destroyed. Yeah, like testosterone feel, just fucking muscly guys. Yeah. Dude, they're just jacked up on whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and just ready to fuck you up. You know, that's the thing. Like somebody will be like, wrestling's fake. You know, they use the F word. I hate that. It's predetermined. It's choreographed. Yeah. It's a dance, it's theater, right? Um, there's nothing fake about what I do. Right. Um, and there's sure as fucking... Well, yeah, your fake. scars, your forehead scars right. show that, yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, there's nothing fake about what I do either as far as wrestling goes. I mean, she'll tell you, I don't ever fucking hurt her, but yeah. like, you know, like fucking, if she tries to fuck around, it's two seconds and I'll just bend your body the wrong way. <laughs> and it, it won't even take no effort, you know? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how many times, you, baby, you try to do something and I'll just like... Grab your ankle and like just turn it, just like something like this. Come on. I'd say 75% of the time you guys. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. It's about 50 because she'll fucking. She kicks me in the dick all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll do that on purpose. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. It's a reaction from your ankle being twisted? No, no, no. You know, dick just kick. try to fuck around. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the, the point is, is that. Um, wrestlers most of us know what the fuck we're doing in a fighting scenario all of us know how to wrestle and wrestling is the best form of yeah did you like wrestle art. wrestle in high school and stuff i wrestled for a couple of years yeah yeah it's hard as fuck yeah <laughs> it's the most hard i was uh, i was a big fan of goldberg and goldberg had like a winning streak oh, yeah. he won like 200 matches in a row i remember that yeah yeah everybody yeah. everybody knows a little bit about wrestling right? yeah yeah um so i remember my freshman year of high school i was like i'm gonna go undefeated and then I'm gonna come out to Goldberg's music on the last match of the year. I'm I'm gonna be the best at this amateur wrestling shit. And let me tell you, I pinned two guys the whole season. <laughs> I got whooped, whooped, whooped the rest of the time. I got whooped, his eyes, eyes, eyes up. I got molly whopped. They fucking mopped the mat with me. Cause here was the thing, I wrestled 145 pounds at the time, and I I walked around at about 150. In wrestling, it's all about cutting weight, mm -hmm. you know. So these kids that I was wrestling at 145 were walking around like 170, you know. Like, like Jesus, that's a lot of weight. weight to and cut, then yeah. you cut. You cut down for the wrestling season, right? 
So, you know, all these guys, they're they're just bigger and stronger than me. Yeah. That's all. And fucking, you know, I'm the wrestling fan. It was like CM Punk when he tried to jump into UFC. Yeah. CM Punk is nothing, has, has no martial arts training whatsoever, was uh, past the halfway point of being in his 30s and decided he was going to become a UFC fighter. And he got mollywopped. Yeah. That's what happens when you go out there and you think you can fight. You're like, hey, I'm a, you know, that, that's one of those guys that you're like, Oh, he's a fake wrestler. You know, like, yeah, when you go out there and embarrass yourself like that. But most of the guys that I book on my show know what the fuck they're doing. You know? Yeah. If if you try to cross them, they'll fucking beat the shit out of you. Twist your arm off, you know? That's cool. Do you you ever have any trouble with with the guys that you've booked? Like, are they... Because I kind of picture it almost like... um, Like, with the personalities, almost like uh, strippers or something like... Like, uh, like, cause it just seems like a, I just mean, sorry. I just mean, uh, like it seems like a wild, um, like profession. That's all. That's what I mean. It's like, there's probably some like wild dudes that come through. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, we weed them out though. Oh, okay. If you you ain't part of the brotherhood, then fucking, then fuck off. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if we said, I don't know if we talked about this before we started recording or at the beginning of it. And if we did, we're, I'm repeating it, but you got to trust somebody within, you know, like trusting your life in their hands. Chances are you probably not have not met them and probably haven't been in the ring with them ever. You know, um, so many times I met a guy 30 minutes later, I'm fucking wrestling him in the ring. Yeah. So, you know, if you're not part of it and, and people don't respect you, then, uh, you know, just be on the outs yeah do you ever take your um you the uh you ever go on tour with your wrestling um i wrestled all over the country yeah you know? um i wrestled every i wrestled on monday night raw a few years ago like i've done it all oh shit know? that's dope as far as i'm concerned you know, yeah i've checked all a bunch of shit off the uh mm-hmm. off the fucking bucket list do you have a favorite favorite city um well, now it's san diego yeah like yeah, it sounds it sounds like the the scene here is pretty dope um it, it is it is because yeah. there's there's a couple different promotions there's like a, a mexican promotion there's this family friendly promotion that i'm highly um associated with socal pro and uh, and then there's my promotion you know we're we're an adults only thing you know and we cater to bar people that go out so you know the scene out here is, is very very vast you know whereas um in 99 of the cities that i've been into it's just a bunch of guys going out there and trying to do all these family friendly shows and renting a Knights of Columbus hall or some shit. Right. I'm in there doing it in a fucking pool hall where it's gritty. You know, <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're, we're putting on a show. We're putting on an entertaining show. And we're putting them on a couple times a month. Um, to answer, to answer your question though, about the, um, guys going, flying off the handle or, you know, like being weird. What's tough about wrestling is that, if there's a disagreement on who should be the champion or who should be the guy winning the match, you can't just go out there and go, well, let's figure it out. Let's see who's going to fucking win. You yeah. Know? You got to kind of decide that stuff. Yeah. And there, there do, there are times with egos. Um, I don't give a fuck if I win or lose. Yeah. Like, to me, I'm going to get paid the same, you know, contrary to popular belief, there's not a winner's purse and loser's purse like there is in boxing and UFC. And yeah. Stuff. We all get paid. You're going to get paid the same whether you win or lose. What I want to do in the time that I'm in the ropes is connect with the audience enough that I can sell T-shirts, that I can, um, you know, um, uh, market myself in, in that way, that, you know, that I can gain followers or, you know, gain whatever the fuck um, and <clears throat> affect people outside the ring. Because... You know, you're not going to make a living in this business <clears throat> if you totally neglect mer- the merchandise. Right. Last, I've been wrestling for fucking a million years, <clears throat> but it's only in the last three that I actually started connecting with the character that I was and, and selling T-shirts and yeah. selling merchandise. And the 2016, 2017, 2018, each year I sold 500 shirts, T-shirts. And this year, by the end, I will have probably sold somewhere around 800 T-shirts. Oh, shit. So, you know. Um, That's a lot of fans. I, I that's do a cool. lot of shows. I try to connect. Yeah, with, you know, yeah. like it, I, I, I mean, that's got to be a cool feeling. I though. wrestle. Yeah. You know, like I'm wrestling in St. Louis here. You know, next month um, I wrestle in Vegas a lot, LA a lot, San Diego a lot. Um, I'm trying to get myself into Tijuana. That's a totally different world, though. Yeah, that. Yeah, that seems. Uh, I, mean, I don't really know anything about it, but that seems like uh, it could almost be dangerous or something. Um, you know, if you're a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just like anything. You know, yeah. like I, yeah. I kicked it in some of the 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 grittiest neighborhoods in St. Louis. You know? Yeah, 
I lived in the white part of town, but, you know, I partied everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, as long as you're cool, fucking, you know, keep your head on your shoulders. Like, everybody gets fucked with a little bit here and there. Don't be a bitch. Straight up. Straight up. I like that. I pretty much get along with... If you're cool, I'll fucking get... I'll definitely get along with you. If you're a fucking uptight bitch, like, I can't fucking stand uptight bitches. Yeah. And... I, I tend to like call them out on being uptight bitches. And the the worst thing to do well, to an uptight bitch is call them out for being an uptight yeah, bitch. Yeah, those of us uh, timid people um, appreciate the people like you that are doing that. Uh, yeah, just fuck those motherfuckers. Yeah, you know, like, especially if you're gonna be an asshole. Like, dude, mm-hmm. like, fuck, fuck off. Yeah, there's not enough time in the day. You know, I know we talked about this earlier. Is that you can focus on the positive or the negative? And, yeah. Uh, I got t- positivity tattooed on my whole right side here. You know, it's something that I look at my forearms every day, you know, motivation and dedication. And, you know, th- these are three words that mean a lot to me and really help me refocus my whole life. Yeah. You know, cause Do you feel like there was a, a point where you were, uh, well, I, obviously you feel like there was a point where you weren't focusing on those things. I remember the day. I remember yeah. exactly where I was. I yeah. was driving on uh, Old Baumgartner Road right by the Fred Weber fucking rock quarry in South County, St. Louis, and I was driving. I said, you know what, man? Fuck this shit. I'm not going to let people fucking push me around. I'm not going to. I, I, I'm confident in myself. Like, I've got, I, I, I was like 23 years old, and I was like, I am taking chances. You know, like, I'm not going to go out here and be told what to do. I'm not going to go out here and fucking follow some path that a million people have, have, have followed. Like, I want to go out and make my life mean something and mean something to me first and foremost. Because if you mean something to yourself, you'll mean shit to other people, too. Yeah. And that's how I've gained a following with wrestling. That's how I've gained a following with you know, the shit that I promote and, and produce. And that's just how I I like to connect with people. Yeah. You know? And like if, if you're doing something that's meaningful then then you will yeah that resonates with people for sure like well, they can see it you know and that's a good age to to have that epiphany because uh man some of us haven't don't like figure out what we want to do for till we're like my in dad's our 30s. like fucking yeah. let's see, he was born in 53 so he's like 66 67 years old some shit like that and like you know he ain't gonna listen to this podcast or whatever the fuck but yeah uh, you know, like, he still doesn't know what the fuck he wants to do with his life. You know, like, yeah, it's like, how are you going to live your whole life and like not know what you're doing this for? Yeah. You know, I'm like, but just be true to yourself. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because um, there's people that, uh, that, you know, I was like friends with in high school or whatever that um, not like any particular ones recently, but just uh, people that have this like it's like a picture perfect life of like family and kids and all this kind of stuff. But then you go out like they're, they're allowed to go out one night and get drunk with you. And then they just start saying things that like, and it's like, man, they just don't want to be living the life that they're living. But it's, right. it's like, you have to fit in this mold that people expect. Right. You to be in. And, and they're in, they're in too deep now too. You know, you know like, fucking sucks yeah like you were saying uh you're saying earlier that uh like you were lucky enough to make it to this point without kids and stuff like that man i I feel the same way like i just uh, i wouldn't be able to that was that was my plan though you know like yeah this is not by accident Mm -hmm. you know i asked two girlfriends two ex-girlfriends of mine to get abortions you know Mm -hmm. straight up because i was like look first of all you don't want this being a father (laughs) Second of all, none of us do. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not ready for the shit, and neither are you. Yeah, 22 year old girl and 19 year old girl the first time. You know what I'm saying? When I was very close to those ages, also, but uh, (laughs) I wasn't a 30 year old banging 19 year olds. Uh, You know, but I was like, I was like, dude, like fucking the first time I was like 22, she was 19. The second time I was like 26, and she was like 22. I was like, get the fuck out of here! Like we we ain't ready for this shit. Right, Right. Like. you don't even like me that much, you know? And then she ended up going crazy on me and fucking, I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> crazy situations. But yeah, man, you know, like, I always knew that's what I wanted. And I, I knew that if those things were going to happen in my life, it would happen at the right time. Yeah. I made the right decision. Yeah. If it didn't, it didn't, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't have enough time to do everything in life. Yeah. You know, you only got time to go a certain path. 
You know, oh, like, for sure, dude. I don't even like. I want a dog right now, and I don't even think I can get one because I don't have the time for I it. I didn't until I, <laughs> I never wanted to get a dog until I had time for a dog. Yeah. And now I have time for a dog, and I fucking love that. Yeah, bitch. yeah, yeah. I, my, mine just mine's the cunty one, by the way. Yeah. Oh, uh, that makes Her, sense. Yeah, the cool one. Mine's the cunty dog. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Gibson, yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> substance. Like, yeah, just like Papa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't think he does. Yeah, dude, you just throw a redheaded wig on that one; it looks just like you. Oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> what a shithead. Uh, um, you mean you ain't got enough time in life to do all that shit? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. My last dog just it just passed away in March, and uh, like I felt I felt super guilty when I had to put her down because like I was thinking, man, I don't think I spent enough time with her. So like it's kind of like making me think, oh, I should probably not, because I really want a dog. I just like love, you know, Straight the co- the companionship's but amazing. But yeah, but like let alone kids and a wife and Straight shit, up. dude. Oh, I don't. There's no way. My my life would be awful right being now. I would hate myself. With being alone was something that I had to face, mm. you know, and and I just became happy with it. I, I and, and, and I, that was always kind of like from a young age, I guess. Um, but like you know, I was into fucking uh, tape trading, wrestling. You know, so I would spend all my hours. Like, I didn't have a girlfriend in high school. Like, you know, like, I fucked around or whatever the fuck. You know, I went to parties, you know, here and there. But my life was wrestling. I was going to, you know, when I was 16, I was going to train on Tuesdays and and Thursdays. Um, If there was a show, I'd be at a show on Wednesdays. There was always shows on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Monday, we watched Monday Night Raw. So, like, every night was something to do with wrestling. Like, from the time that I was... 13, you know, uh, till the time that I started training when I was 16, it was watching wrestling, fucking a different thing every day or whatever the fuck, you know? So like you gotta just, you gotta be happy with what you're doing and you know, like find, find something that makes you happy. Yeah, dude. It's, it's And then you find people that like that shit. And then, you know, otherwise you're just like fucking around with people that you don't have a whole lot in common with just because you got her pregnant. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's inspiring just to hear like hear how passionate you are about like or just anybody in general, you know, just um Oh, I'm on crack now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I thought I'm pretty in this blunt. Yeah, I don't think you need to tell people that. I think we just assume. But uh yeah. Oh, well. Uh, I don't smoke crack. No, it's I just like cocaine. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? Every once in a while. Who doesn't? Yeah. I just don't like being people depressed for crack? 3 days after. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's just like uh <laughs> I am. When, when you meet but anyone I'm, who's like passionate about anything, is like the way you are about wrestling, dude. It's just like it's it's fucking inspiring. It's just cool that like like somebody can be passionate that. about something like that. You know what I mean? I've been living it my whole life. You know? Yeah. What is uh what is training choice. for wrestling like? Like what does that involve? Uh, first of all, the first night you go in there, you have to forget everything that you've been teaching your body uh, from day one, which is to stand up not fall and you have to fall and you have to fall perfectly you know um it, it's not it's not easy you know you, yeah. you'll bruises and welts and shit like day one you know you're building calluses on your body because you're bouncing off of what people think are like elastic ropes well let me tell you it's steel cable wrapped in a fucking little rubber hose with oh, tape sure. <laughs> it's steel pulled as tight as it can be so you bounce off that fucking shit you're gonna have welts all all over your body for months. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, I always thought it was elastic. That's crazy. Wow. No, it's not. It's not like a fucking like boing. It's right. Not, not at all. It's got to be stiff. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it makes sense now that you say it. Sometimes it's rope, but mo- more times than not, it's steel cable. I mean, even when it's rope, it's pulled as tight as it's. It's a mm-hmm. ring is all built on suspension, so you know everything's got to be tight as fuck, and you just bounce off of it. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but yeah, it's not bouncy. Uh, it, you know, fucking, it, it hurts. If you, if you don't have a high pain threshold, then get the fuck out. You know, <laughs> if you're not trying to do this shit for real, yeah. get the fuck out. Like some nowadays, wrestling's become more and more popular, and a lot of people that are casual fans or even like hardcore fucking fans, they um like I want to become a wrestler. And it's like, uh, you're not an athlete. You know, like you have to be an athlete first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be good at gymnastics. Uh, some of the biggest fat. Dude, how awesome was that? So goddamn cool. Um, 
Mikey Gordon, everyone. Um, and you know what? I forgot to mention it in the intro. Um, I think that I, I jostled a cord loose um, towards the end there. So it did actually cut our, our recording cut out like a little bit early, but almost the whole recording was, was there. And, um, and it was still an awesome episode. And apparently I just suck at like audio equipment. I had no idea it happened. Um, there was just like a, a small space of unrecorded time on my, uh, recording there and fuck, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but thank you guys for listening anyway. And it's so, uh, it was so fun to do that episode. I really enjoyed it. It was something different with the wrestling. Um, and I really liked Mikey's input on, um, you know, like promoting yourself and getting out there and, and really putting in the work to, to make yourself known both in wrestling and in comedy. Um, per usual, if you guys enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, tell your friends about it. And if you want to be on the podcast or you want to hear something discussed on the podcast, reach out to me, go to my uh, social media and, um, uh, you can find that at dusty K tunnel on Twitter or Instagram, all one word, uh, dusty tunnel tunnel spelled with two L's on Facebook and, um, and dusty tunnel.com. Uh, there's a contact link up in the right upper corner of the website. Click on that and, um, shoot me a message and I'll get back to you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing this. I'm going to keep doing it and I'm, uh, so, so grateful for you guys' support. All right. I love you. Bye.